Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Welcome to Marriage Helper Live. <laughs> Interestingly, I just got a text that people could hear me when I wasn't even in the room yet. <laughs> I just came up because I had to go down and turn off some things that were making sounds. Understand that because of the pandemic, we're not working out of our regular offices. I'm working out of my home office and working out of the home office has some unique situations that go with it. <laughs> And so I heard some things going on downstairs and went down to tell people, hey, I'm I'm live on the air, on the Internet, all around the world. So please cut some of those noises out. I'm hoping that people still can hear me. (laughs) And also because of my uh, allergies running up and down those stairs, I'm now breathing a little hard. So don't worry, I'm not dying. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Bean. Welcome to our program. This is a program where we talk to you. We'd love to have you call us. Love to have you talk with me. It's a program about relationships. Because at Marriage Helper, we deal with all kinds of relationships. I'm happy to discuss with you whatever question you have about any worthwhile relationship. But most of the people who call into this program call because of the fact that they're having some kind of marriage difficulty. And if that's your case, I'm happy to help you as best I can. As a matter of fact, just last evening, I finished another three-day intensive workshop that we did online. That's the fifth one over the last seven weekends. And what we have discovered is that this particular workshop that we've been doing, as a matter of fact, 21 years we've been doing this workshop. In the 21 years we've been doing it, we've always done it in person, where couples fly in from all over the world to be with us and to do the workshop. And by the pandemic, of course, we were forced to try doing it online. And I had some hesitation, wondering if that was going to work or not. But it has worked exceptionally well. And we had a full workshop this weekend, people from all parts of the world. Obviously, that's a little difficult for some people in different time situations. You know, they are in the Philippines. We've had couples from there or Australia. Uh, United Arab uh, Emirate, we had a couple from there this past weekend. Um, we had a couple from the UK. And people come to the workshop now from all over the world, and we're happy to have them. Although some of them <laughs> are sitting up like most of the night because to do it on our time frame, that's what it costs from their time frame. Now, this weekend, we're doing the second one of our solo spouse workshops. We never could do that when we were doing the in-person workshop. The solo spouse workshop has all of the same content as in the couples workshop that we've been doing for these 21 years. And we have never done it with an in-person because of the fact that men and women would be coming without their spouses, people who are in pain, people who are looking for sympathy and empathy. And we thought maybe that's not the healthiest thing to do is to put all those people together. But now that we're doing it online, it works fine. 
And so I actually go through all of the same material, but with a little different emphasis here and a little di different emphasis there because of the fact that there are no spouses, just people who want to try to save their marriages, but their spouses at this point are not interested. I think you might be thinking, wait a minute, haven't you guys had a program like that for a long time? And yes, kind of, but no. <laughs> How's that for an answer? And I'm not even running for office. What I mean by that is that for some time now, we've had an online course called Save My Marriage. It's pre-recorded. I've done uh, 10 weeks worth of videos. No worry. That doesn't mean it takes 10 weeks to hear all the videos. It was designed to be over 10 different weeks that you listen to one video, maybe sometimes two videos, watch, I should say, rather than listen during the week. And then there's some homework for you to do. And then we have a call. I'm not sure if it's on Monday nights or Tuesday nights. Our coaches do those. And we have a call where that for an hour, once a week, people can call in and ask specific questions of our coaches. Now, the way that's done is not like we do it here where we actually talk to each other back and forth. That one's done where people type in their questions and our various coaches, whoever's doing that particular session, will answer. And you can hear the audio. And it goes through a lot of material, a lot of information, but nowhere near the depth or the intensity that we do in the intense three-day workshop. Now, why? Because of the fact that it's just not able to be done that way when you're basically doing some teaching videos and then trying to help people at least once a week when they call in, understand how to apply and so the material in the three-day intensive, we can get much, much, much more in-depth about all kinds of things. And, of course, we talk about things in the three-day intensive that are not in that online Save My Marriage course. Because of the fact that, that some of the things we talk about, we really want to be interacting with you when we do so that we don't confuse matters. And so we can make sure that you really and thoroughly understand the principles we're talking about. And that's why, again, this weekend, I'll do the second one, the Solo Spouse Workshop. It'll start Friday morning at 8 a.m. Central Time, United States, and it will end at 6 p.m. And then the same time on Saturday, and then on Sunday from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m., again, Central Time in the USA. And in that, we only allow a few people. What I mean by that is no more than I can interact with as a teacher. And we still do some breakout things where we can work with people in even smaller groups than that. And so that one, yes, we cover a lot more material, a lot more intense material, a lot more in-depth material, because we're talking with each other in a live interaction, you know, teacher-student almost, if you will. And by doing that, we can talk about things that we would not even try to talk about on a pre-recorded course where we're not there to interact with you in real time about what we're talking about. Because we always only want to do good. We never want to do harm. And so if you have been in the Save My Marriage course, that's the online pre-recorded course, and you're thinking, I'm thinking about going into the solo course, would you, Dr. Bean, recommend that? And my response is yes. Yes, I do. Because of the fact that if anything works, this will now, we're not going to give you promises like some people on the Internet do. If you pay me this, if you buy my course, whatever it might be, then I'm going to give you the magic words that whatever you say is going to make your spouse regret the fact that he or she ever wanted to leave you. They'll come back begging for forgiveness. I even read one of them where it said, and they want to start making love to you every day for the rest of your life. 
And if you look at that and think that that possibly could be telling you anything true, then they're going to take your money and they're going to give you things that appear to be magic words. I've looked at some of them and primarily all it is is manipulation and manipulation does not work. Even if you could manipulate your spouse into coming back, then how would you keep the relationship going after that? You're going to manipulate for the rest of your lives? Nah, doesn't work. So the online course is great. And if that's what you want, please get into it. That's just for the individual. You don't need your spouse. If you want to come to the three-day intensive solo spouse workshop, you'll be in a workshop with several other, again, it's a limited number, though, I should say, several other people who are also solo spouses trying to save their marriages, both men and women, because it's done online, and interacting with me for three days. And, And we will do a lot and talk about a lot of things and explain a lot of things and, and discuss those things in detail. Now, if you want to come to the couple's version because your spouse is willing to come with you, then we do those regularly online as well. And whenever it's safe enough that we can start doing the in-person version again, we will start doing those in person, but we will continue also to offer the online version because it saves people a lot of money. They don't have to fly. They don't have to get hotel rooms and all those kinds of things. Plus, people can come and be part of it from all over the world. Okay, hopefully I've made that clear. I hope I haven't confused it. Here's a quick re- <laughs> summary. The Save My Marriage course is online, pre-recorded. talks about a really good number of things. But the one that's really in-depth is the online solo spouse workshop. Three intense days together with me. All right, let's start going to our phone calls here. If you'd like to talk to me, please call 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. And when you hear the answer, press the number one. That puts you into the queue so that you can talk to our call screener, and hopefully then we'll get a chance to talk to each other here on the air. And by the way, today's program, rather than being just 60 minutes, It's going to be 90 minutes. We're extending the program so we can talk to more people. And we're going to start with Matt in the great state of Arkansas. Hi, Matt. How are you today? Hi, Dr. Joe. How are you? I am rocking and bobbing, my friend. How may I help you? All right. Let me start off with my question, and then I can give you some background. Um, I know that time and positive contact are my biggest weapons in this fight. Um, (laughs) And at this point, Um, would it be better, would I be better off sacrificing time to maintain the positive gains I've made in, um, communication and emotional openness? Can you help me understand Um, what you mean by that question, my friend? Yeah. So let, let me give you some quick background. Um, I've been married 14 years. I've got two kids in February. My wife told me that my emotional distance had caused her so much pain. She was ready to call a lawyer. Um, I had never been mean or unattentive, but I was very emotionally closed on my end. I immediately panicked and opened up. I shared that I had always been attracted to some women and some men, and only since October come to terms with being bisexual. Uh, Over the next few weeks, I opened up some more and shared that I had also had a long-time struggle with uh, gay pornography. She told me that she was in love with someone else, and they had worked together For about two years, she had um, been excited for him two years ago when he got married and then was there for him last summer when his wife left. 
Hmm. I think uh, that their relationship probably developed into a limerent one, but of course I'm not the expert there. Uh, we mm-hmm. still have a working friendship she wants to maintain. Um, she says she has no desire to rebuild our relationship, and she wants to divorce ASAP. She's mm-hmm. drawn up pa- divorce papers online, and we have discussed um, custody and property. Um, in my state, the only way to file a no-fault divorce is with an 18-month separation. Um, and she, what she wants to do is file uh, fault with me in one of the catch-all terms that basically would be me saying I'm an asshole. So, um, and, and so all this is being done online. Uh, what I'm hearing you say is that she, neither she nor you has an attorney. Is that correct? At this point, no. I mean, we're trying to keep it as civil as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you I, say I'm you've made some positive much- gains in communication and, 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 and is that because of the fact that you've been able to tell her what you really think, what you really feel? Is that what you mean when you say positive gains in communication? Yes. So um, I've been working on myself a lot, uh, doing my pies. Um, I try to bring um, where I am emotionally uh, in a way that's not uh, coming after her. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been practicing that a lot. And, you know, emotionally, we've connected, you know, a lot better in the last couple of weeks, the last month. Does that mean that in addition to you being able to tell her what you think and feel that she's accepting of that or that she's appreciating that? Or what does that mean when you say connecting better for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, so she's she's been accepting of it and she appreciates the fact that I'm being more open um, but mm-hmm. at, at this moment, she still says she has nothing left for me, mm-hmm. and she doesn't want So she's not to opening up emotionally to you. She's still kind of got you no, walled off. Is that correct? No, no. She's actually emotion. She's actually opened up a lot mm-hmm. to me as well. So, um, so my I, kind of the the point of my question is, if I, right now, if I push for that 18th month separation. That mm-hmm. is, I feel that's going to push her um, emotionally away, like really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, at this point, you? I'm trying to figure out: Am I better off to keep the the uh, emotional contact we've had, but let the process? Okay. Um, my question is: If you were to do that, if you're going to make it play out for over 18 months. Is, is there something you're going to gain from that that's worth that? Other than just more time without a, without the actual divorce happening, no. Mm-hmm. The other the person, it, person that I, she's involved she's with, is he still married or is he divorced? He's divorced. Um, so their situation is uh, he is moving this summer to New York to start a doctorate program, and she is here – uh, in the fall, she's going to start a master's program. Uh, she also okay, has. So she's not going to New York with him. That's good. And so here's not what I'm hearing you say. That. So tell me if I'm hearing this correctly here, because here's what I'm hearing you okay. say. I'm hearing you say this. Okay, I can draw this out, which she's going to see as a push, but at least then I have more time. Or I cannot draw this out, which then avoids her seeing that as a push, 
And, and what do you gain? What I'm hearing you say you gain is, well, at least we're talking to each other open and honestly. And, and I don't want to lose that by putting the 18 months. So you're contrasting those two things, right? Do I drag it out right. for the 18 thing, or do I keep going with the communication process we're having now? So here's the question, Matt, based on what you know her, and I don't. So based on your knowledge of her, which one do you think has the greater likelihood of creating a potential of putting this marriage back together? Well, the base issue that we had to begin with was me not being emotionally available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so I'm asking now what you like think. Which one of those two things do you think would have the greater likelihood of putting the relationship back together? Yeah. I'm, I'm leaning towards uh, the emotional connection. Okay. Well, the fact that he's going to be going off to New York and she's not going with him actually kind of works in your favor. And, 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 you know, assuming they don't immediately and instantly get married as soon as she's divorced, and let's hope that that doesn't happen. And, and the fact that they're going to be in two different places, hopefully will preclude that. In other words, it doesn't happen because of that. If that's the case, then you may have more time than you think, even if you don't drag out that 18 month thing, because if she's still living in the town where you are, you have children, therefore you're communicating with each other, apparently better now than you ever have. And if he goes away and he's going off to New York, now I don't know exactly where you live. The, the thing here on my screen says you're in Arkansas. If that's the case, he's going to be quite a bit away. And so what I'm hearing you say pretty clearly Matt, is that you really are beginning to connect to each other emotionally and and the fact that he's leaving, I can't tell you what to do, my friend. It's, it's never my decision because it's always your life. But what I would suggest that you think is this. Think about it this way. If I were a betting man, and I'm not saying this is a game, but if I were a betting man, which one would I think would have the better odds? And what I'm hearing you say is that you think the better odds would be to keep having that communication process that you have now. If that's the case, my friend, then I don't see the great advantage of you requiring that 18-month thing. I do hope, I truly do hope, that his going off to New York slows them down somewhat, which can give you more time without you having to do something that's going to push her away. But as always, it's your decision. And at some point, if it gets close to being a divorce situation, then you're going to have to decide at that point whether or not you want to use an attorney and because I don't know more about your situation, I can't possibly, you know, give you an idea there about that. Man, I hope it goes well for you, my friend. And so now I go to the Washington state and uh, let's see, is it pronounced Pia? Is that right? P-I-Y-A? Yes, it's Pia. Okay. How may I help you, Pia? Hi, Dr. Jovine. It's really nice to talk to you again. I was actually at your workshop uh, last year in October. Um, hmm. My question um, is that, um, you know, since we attended your workshop in October, um, a lot of things have come out. Um, uh, primarily right after the workshop, um, I got to know that my husband was back in touch with, um, you know, the person that I believe that he had been involved with. Um, and then since then, there has been a gradual withdrawal from him, uh, from our relationship. Um, <clears throat> earlier in uh, in uh, February this year, he actually went down um, and met with her. She's not in the same city as us. She lives in the other country, actually, but they got to know each other through work. They don't work together anymore, uh, but 
you know, they've been meeting every couple of months. And so in February, when we went down to meet up with her, I got to know about it. And there was this big showdown that I had actually confronted him about it. And he admitted to it. And at that point of time, he said that he did not, he wanted out of the marriage and uh, he would like to move out in summer. Um, and, um, you know, because we have two kids and the, uh, older one basically is a freshman. So he said, you know, he didn't want to spoil his academic year. Um, I, I said, you know, this is your home and you're welcome to stay as long as you'd like to. I'd really like you to stay. Um, but, um, you know, I just, I just believe that the time would be, uh, you know, one of the things that I could use to, uh, continue the positive interactions, etc. Um, now my question is that um, right after that things changed and this whole coronavirus uh, situation started, um, there is um, no signs of him moving out. Um, he is continuing to live in the house. Um, I don't know what is on his mind. And you know, to be honest, I'm fearful to even ask him because every time I brought up the conversation, so it's like, oh, I'm going to move out. Um, but he hasn't said anything. He hasn't done anything. And some of the things that he says and does uh, lead me to believe that he may not be moving out anytime soon. Um, however, um, he continues to withdraw from me. I'm trying my best to, you know, uh, continue with smart contact. I've not brought up conversations I'm hearing, I'm listening. So what is okay. it that, that I can help you with today? Okay, so my question was that um, at this point of time, um, is there any incentive for him to change um, his relationship towards me and to actually move towards me um, if he continues to live with me? Um, my question essentially is that he's in the valley right now and he's getting to continue to talk to you know, the other person and continuing to have his emotional affair with her and at the same time have his wife and kids in the house mm-hmm. but maintain that emotional distance. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say, if, if I can kind of summarize what I'm hearing you say, what I'm hearing you say is, okay, based on the behavior that I'm doing right now, does he have any incentive to stop the behavior that he's doing? And only you can answer that question, obviously, but let me give you a couple of things to think about. Now, for those who have not heard us talk about the valley before, and you heard P.U. mention the valley, so let me explain what we mean by that. That's when a person is between two choices, but they don't feel like they have to pick one or the other. So, for example, Pia's husband is still in a relationship with her because he hasn't filed for the divorce, the things that he's threatened to do. But according to Pia, he's involved with this other situation over here. Now, if he, that, if he doesn't feel he has to make a decision either for or against Bia, in other words, not toward her or toward the other person, then that's what we call the valley. It's when a person doesn't feel he or she has to do anything right now. And when people ask us about the valley, they say, okay, what do you think about that? Now, again, it's always, it's your choice, but here's how it goes. If, if the person in the valley is making some progress back toward you, in other words, if there's some kind of communication beginning to take place, those kinds of things, if you feel there is positive movement back toward you, then sometimes if if you have uh, or if you're willing to tolerate the valley, let me just say that to say it the short way, if you're willing to tolerate the valley, is there some value in that? Well, if they're moving back toward you, there is. But at some point, you come to the realization that you've got to make some kind of decision. Like, I can't keep doing this because it's becoming not just painful, it's now becoming damaging. 
it's either damaging you physically, like affecting your, your immune system. You find yourself getting sick all the time, affecting you intellectually where you can't really function in life. You, if you're working, you can't do that. You make mistakes that could wind up getting hurt emotionally. You begin to find yourself being depressed or all those kinds of things to the point where it's negatively affecting your life. If it's affecting you spiritually, and what I mean by that is it's beginning to affect your own belief and value system. So you begin to question it or even behave in ways that you didn't before that beforehand you would have said would not be the thing to do. That would be wrong to do. If it starts doing damage to you physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, then we say maybe it's time for you to pull the plug. Maybe it's time for you to end the valley. Now, we can't tell you exactly when or how to do that because of the fact that this is more of an art than a science. It means that, you know, you look at all the things, but ultimately, I can't say, well, the day he says this or the day that she does that, then you do this or you do that, because human beings are much too complex and much too unique. And so the art is, okay, is there some... Is there a reason for me to continue to let the valley go on for a while without my making it end? And if you think that there is, and it's not doing damage to you physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, or damaging your children if they're involved physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, then if you want to do that, it may well turn out to your advantage. But if there's nothing being gained in other words, just, the valley just goes on and on and on, and, and the person's not moving back toward you at all, or maybe even moving more toward the other person. Then the question becomes, what value is there to you if you keep doing that? Or if the damage begins, and that's when you can start making things change. Now, I don't have a lot of time to explain that right here, right now, but let me suggest this for you. If uh, you go to our website, marriagehelper.com, on our website, you can um, use our little search feature on that website and look for the definitive guide to boundaries. And it will give you some suggestions and ideas of what to do and how to do so you can make a decision if I'm going to put up a boundary. If I'm going to say that there's a, something that has to stop or there's something that has to happen, it can give you a lot more information to think through how to do that. But always, and the final question that was asked there was this. She said, well, you know, what is going to motivate him to make any change if I keep doing what I'm doing now? And the answer is nothing unless he is already making progress toward you. And if he's making progress toward you, then yeah, the motivation gradually comes back. If he's not making any progress toward you, no, no, that's, no, he's probably not going to change. So we go now to Florida. And we're going to go to Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. How are you? Oh, my goodness. Dr. Jewel Beam, I'm so happy you picked my call. <laughs> um, things right now are kind of crazy. Uh, my husband, I found out he's been having an affair for about three months with a woman who has been divorced three times. Um, she's married. He finally cut things off two weeks ago. Um, she actually bought him a ring, a phone. He gave everything back to her. Um, I worked on my pies because I listened to you guys for a few months. Um, I worked on my pies. I lost weight. I've been doing a lot better. My question mm-hmm. for you is, he's kind of cold right now. Um, mm-hmm. He's like on and off with me, you know. I just, I don't know what to do. I'm just stuck. <laughs> you know, I'm just stuck. I don't know. Okay. 
So let me make sure I heard this correctly, Tiffany. What you're telling me is that he, as best you can tell, and there seems to be some pretty clear evidence that he has ended that other relationship. Did I hear that correctly? Absolutely. Absolutely. We've been together 18 years, so I truly believe he totally ended it. Um, okay. He met her. He, he does pest control. So that's how he met her. Actually, they were okay. she's a customer. Well, I'm glad that that part's over. That's good. And you've been working on right. your pies. If I may ask Tiffany, how long? Um, since I found out the affair was going on, and I found out March 24th. So it's kind of all new for me. Um, I lost about 20 pounds. The thing you I lost 20 pounds in two months? Is oh, that what yeah, you I just lost said? about 20 pounds in about a month, two months. Um, but wow. Dr. Joe, the thing is, I know I'm babbling. <laughs> But I have, like, broken bones in my back and things like that. I'm only 36 years old. He's 39. So that's what led him to stray, I believe, because, you know, in the past I was an alcoholic. There's a lot of things, but he came back. (laughs) Um, I found out they opened a bank account together um, two weeks ago. And that's how I But you told me that they've ended that. So does he still have an no, account with her? No, that, that's the thing. No, two weeks ago, he opened. He was going to open a bank account because they were going to save money to move out together. Mm-hmm. Um, he thought I didn't love him anymore. I said, I love you so okay. much. How could you open a bank account? So he account didn't and... then open the account with the other one. Right, right. Correct? No, they did open an account together. They did open it, but <clears throat> it's in her name, and it's just like a saving of account. But I want him to close it, and he said, I will handle it. Um, just give me time. Okay. It's just all so, crazy right now. Okay, all crazy. All right, the fact that he stopped with her, but he's still cold toward you, is not an unusual situation, Tiffany. First of all, congratulations on your weight loss if you are doing that in a healthy manner. Okay, make sure that you don't lose your health. I mean, losing weight that fast, I guess people can do that and be okay. Just make sure you take care of you. Uh, and that's what the P is all about, being the best you can be physically. So take care of you in that process. And you're saying, okay, I'm working on the pies. I'm doing these things, but he's still cold. In a situation that has ended that recently, I would definitely expect him to still be cold. Now, some people aren't. Some people, you know, very quickly change over with that. But but most people have a process, a period of time that they go through where they have to transition out of that relationship they developed in their mind with the other person. And then sometimes the physical aspects like, you know, opening the account together, but it can take a period of time to evolve out of that. And in that period of time, is it typical that often they'll be cold toward the spouse? And the answer is, yeah, it happens a lot. Now understand that when you do the pies and for those out there, just make sure you understand that when we talk about pies, we talk about being physically, intellectually, emotionally and spiritually the best that you can be. And you do that for you. Okay. And that's extremely important. And so don't do it thinking that if I do this, he or she, my husband, my wife's going to react this way, because if you do it based on expecting things to occur from them, then when you don't see those things occurring that you anticipate or expect, then you'll stop doing them. So you do them for you and you keep doing them no matter how the other person reacts, because it's still the best thing that you can do for you. And the part of the love path that we teach, the thing that comes after working on the pies is where you become a safe place. You become accepting, which means you don't necessarily accept what the other person does. Often you can't do that. You can't 
accept what a person is doing, but you can accept who a person is and what a person feels and those kinds of things. And it takes a time. It takes a period of time for a person to get over the other relationship that they involve themselves in and to begin to develop a relationship again with you. And so I'm congratulating you on working on your pies. That's really, really good. And encouraging you not to get impatient and to continue on the rest of the love path, which is learning that acceptance phase, which is really, really important. But Tiffany, what I'm hearing sounds good. He's ended it with her. And if, if and you believe he's telling the truth, and if you believe him, then I believe him. So just be patient there, my friend. Hang on. Hang on, and you can do that. Okay. And so now we're going to go to Illinois, and we're going to go to David. Hello? Are you there? Yes. Yes, how are you, doctor? Uh, I'm Adam, doing very well. Just, how about you? Good. Uh so so. I just had a couple of questions. Uh quick backstory. Um my wife said that she wanted a divorce. I I don't want that obviously. We have two two great kids together. And the reason that she wants a divorce is because I have throughout the years uh emotionally damaged her, have not been there for her emotionally and she says it's too late. The 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 final straw <clears throat> was broken. And I was just wondering, I'm working on my pies. I had the smart contact um, program through you guys. And I was just wondering, how do I, one, be there for her emotionally when that's the root cause of all of our problems? And two, how do I let her know that the trauma that I've caused her is not who I want to be anymore, and I'm taking active steps to not be that person. But how do I let her know that things will be okay, that we can reconcile this marriage, mm-hmm. even are though that having, I'm the root cause of it? Are you guys having any conversations I, at all? Uh, very little. Okay. Very little. And I, I, and when you do I have a conversation, keep, what's it about? Uh you know, hey, I'm going to my mom's house. Uh, it really is not a lot of conversation at all. Okay. It's, talk about and so how do you expect and... for her to know that you, first of all, understand the pain that has been caused by you being emotionally distant? How would you expect her to understand that you now realize that and that you're becoming a different person? What would you think would be the way to communicate that to her in a way that she would believe? I think just to to tell her, look, I'm I'm going to counseling. I'm, I don't want to be this person anymore. And and I guess that I can't get over is is that it's just too late. You know, she wants nothing to do with our relationship. Mm-hmm. And and so if telling her is not going to convince her, which by the way it usually doesn't, then what other methodologies could be used? Well, I, I somehow I have to show her, and she says that. She does see me changing. She thinks that I will change to be a better person, and and it's going to be a long road. But she uh, she doesn't want to go on that journey with me. I understand, and and I do understand. You know the fact that you want her to know that you get it now, and that you want her to know that you change or that you are in the process of changing. But typically in these situations, David, the, the other person either doesn't want to hear it, 
because they'll respond with something like this. Well, I told you that for years and you didn't get it and you didn't understand it. So why should I believe you now? So they don't want to hear it. And if they hear it, they tend to think, oh, yeah, right. That's just a promise to get me to stay. And then things will always be as they were before. And therefore, the only way that you can truly communicate it is consistently demonstrate it. Now, here's the difficulty with that. You'll want that to happen in a hurry. Like, okay, can't she see? I'm, I got it, and I'm going to be different, and all those kinds of things. Can't she see that? Can't she understand that? And therefore, you'll want that to happen quickly because you, you love her. You don't want her to go. But in these situations, they very, very rarely happen quickly. Almost always, it happens over a period of time. And if you're thinking, well, she doesn't want anything to do with me. She's not around me very much. So how am I going to demonstrate it? How am I going to show it? That's one of the most common questions that we get. As a matter of fact, almost every day, somebody will ask somebody on our team that very question. And what we say is this. You can't make that happen. All you can do is live it consistently. And live it consistently whether she comes back or whether she doesn't come back. And we're saying, but how is she going to see it if she's not here? What we're hoping for, and we can't guarantee this is going to happen, but what we're hoping for is this, that whoever is a mutual connection between the two of you, whatever friend that might be, whoever that person might be, that in that, these people see the real, true growth in you, the real, true transition in you, that that word will finally filter back. Okay, that that's going to be there eventually. Now, can we guarantee it? No, obviously we can't guarantee it. But it's the only way that you can do it. And so there is no magic thing you can say. There is no magic thing you can do where instantly everything changes. You Sometimes we say it this way to people. It took you a while to get into the situation. You didn't get in overnight. And therefore, you're not going to get out of it overnight. And and if you'll just play the long game, and again, it's not a game, but, um, you know, if you can allow me to use those words, if you'll look down the road, okay, what's going to matter is consistent behavior. Even if I don't get to practice it, practice it directly with her, this consistent behavior, that's what in time, okay, that's what in time, hopefully, is going to get across to the other person. Okay, pardon me just one second. I apologize. I had to be gone for a second there. We're having a little crisis in this room. Uh, I can smell something burning, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> so if suddenly you hear me screaming and running out the door, it's because whatever it was finally burst into flames. So forgive me for that. And, and that's not your problem. It's mine. And see if I can get back and focus on you guys. And uh, But that's been going for a few minutes now. And so it's really, really distracting me. We're trying to fix it. All right. So let me go to the next thing if I can. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk to now, mm, let's see, we're going to go to New York to Lisa and let's talk to her today. Hi, Lisa. How may I help you? Hi, Dr. Beam. Um, good. I had a question about, um, taking a therapeutic separation. Um, what is like the success and failure, um, working around it when one of the spouses has an alcohol abuse problem? Okay, now when you say therapeutic separation, because so many different people mean so many different things about that, can you tell me what you mean by that? Yeah, it was suggested 
suggested by one of um, by a counselor that we were seeing. Um, so we don't we haven't really come up with the agreement, but it's a specific agreement to um, live separately. Um, there's ground rules. There's um, a time period for how long it will last. Um, there's specific guidelines to the separation. So it's not just separating. And, and what do you expect? Up. What do you expect to accomplish with that? That is a good question. Um, I want to say that on my part, it would be um, to kind of verify is the progress that's been being made so far worth it, or are mm -hmm. we better off um, separating for good? Um, is that what you want? Separation for good? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. We are not uh, great fans of the so-called therapeutic separation. I know that some counselors are. Uh, we look at it a different way. So let me give you a different way to look at it. Obviously, it's your decision. And, and whatever you do, you know, I can't make that decision for you. Nobody should make that decision for you except you. But what happens is this. If, if you do separate, now, and let me just back up and give one caveat here. Sometimes people say, should we separate? And of course, I can't make that decision, but I ask, is somebody in danger? And so if somebody's in physical danger, for example, we'd say, yeah, it makes all the sense in the world to separate because safety is always number one. But on the other situations where there's not really any danger, it's just that we've got this problem we don't know how to resolve. Our experience, having worked with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of couples, is this, that once they separate it, then at that point, there is a relief of tension. Because of the fact that we don't have to see each other every day. We don't have to deal with the situation every day. And can that then bring some relief? And the answer is, yeah, it can bring relief. But then when it's time to work on the thing to see if you want to put it back together, one or both often will go, you know, I'm kind of liking this relief situation that I'm in. And I really don't want to do the, the, the pain that's involved in trying to resolve the issues, trying to resolve the problem. So, no, I don't think I want to do that. Now, obviously, as I said, it's your decision. But if, if you had some specific thing like, like, yes, this has to happen and here's why it has to happen, you know, and then that's what I was trying to ask in a gentle sort of way. I'd ask, okay, what is that, et cetera. But when I say, what do you expect to accomplish by it? And you say, I really don't know. Then it sounds to me, and if I'm wrong, tell me, but it sounds to me like you're considering separation only because of the fact that the counselor said you should. Is that right? Um, a little bit. It's going on a few years, maybe three, about three years, where we're up and down with um, having some trouble with alcohol abuse. Mm -hmm. So as the, I don't know how to say this, as like the timeline goes, um, there's some abstinence from drinking, and then old routines come back slowly, and it's, it's just the same exact timeline as before. So not saying that mm -hmm. I can predict the future, but we're getting to the progression again where the alcohol mm -hmm. is becoming a problem in our family. Mm -hmm. Alcohol can be so, a really, really big issue. There's no doubt about that. So is that the biggest thing for the separation, the alcohol? That and the anger that comes with it, yes. Yeah, I, I understand that. May I make a suggestion for you then? And um Here's what I recommend. I've already said it earlier on this program, and it sounds like I'm trying to blow you off, but that's not it. It's just I can explain it better. 
if you go to our website, marriagehelper.com, in that little search engine, you know, you start looking for the thing about boundaries. And we don't call them boundaries anymore, but back when I did that particular one, we'd call them boundaries back then. And it's an hour and 15 minutes audio of explaining how to set the boundaries. See, one of the guys who works with us, it has two master's degrees, and one of those master's degrees is in addiction counseling. And and so I've learned a lot from him about how to deal with people who have problems with such things as alcohol and drugs. Plus, I myself, a few years ago, had to be involved in Alcoholics Anonymous to get me past some drinking issues that I had that were pretty big. And so you can do it by separating and, and say, you just go live your life over there and I'll live my life over here and hopefully you'll get straight. But speaking as an addict, a recovering addict, but an addict. I need to tell you that if, if if Alice were to just put me out on my own, if that would have been her first way of doing it, the way we're going to get you to stop drinking is that you're going to be over there by yourself and I'm going to be here by myself. I would have actually been drinking more because of the fact that, that there's a reason that people drink. And, and it's not just the chemical addiction of what the alcohol does to you. A really, really big reason behind why people drink is the pain that they're feeling inside of them. And that's why often you will see the anger being manifested when they do drink. It's because inside they're full of anger. Now, why? Anger is always based on pain. And so the anger that's in there that bubbles out when they start drinking is because of the pain that's inside of them that needs to find some kind of healing. That's why if you go to a program or if he were to go to a program like Alcoholics Anonymous, AA, they work through those 12 step programs. And the reason they work through those 12 step programs is to help them deal as best they can without having to be a you know full-fledged counselor or therapist do the best they can to work through the pain that's inside of them to learn about themselves. And so the 12 step program is awesome. Now, so you do what you think is best. I mean, it's your life. It's not mine, but I'm afraid if drinking is the problem then separation is probably going to exacerbate the problem. And if that's the case, then, then I've heard you say pretty clearly that if alcohol and anger stays like it is, you don't want to go on. Well, if you want to give this relationship a chance, my recommendation would be don't do the separation, do the boundaries. And when you go and listen to that program, it will explain how you do that. And that can do the motivation that will get him to get the help he needs for his drinking, whether that's AA, whether it's an in-house program somewhere that he has to go to for 30 days, whatever it might be. And so I recommend that you look at it that way. But again, it's your choice. And, and for all you folks out there, I'm not anti-counselors. In the right areas, in the right fields, they can be amazing. And there are some counselors out there who are really awesome at marriage counseling. They're tremendous at it. But unfortunately, some, like with every other profession on the planet, some are good at what they do, some are mediocre, and some are bad. And if you're going to be seeing a marriage counselor, I'm talking to the world now, not to Lisa. If you guys are going to seek marriage counseling, find somebody who really will want to help you save the marriage. Because the basic training that's happening now and, and I can give you verification of this, but I'm not going to go into all that, is that, well, just help people be happy. <clears throat> well, that often means choosing the easiest course. And if you want to solve or resolve a marriage that's having difficulty, choosing the easy course 
is typically the thing that's going to make the marriage come to an end. Now, if you want to fight for your marriage, if you want to save for your marriage, okay, then it's going to take some work and there's going to be some pain involved. And so do whatever you think is right. Okay, let's go now over to the state of California. Let's talk to Amber. Hi, Amber. How are you? Good in yourself. Rocking and bopping. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, I can. And I'm actually able to focus a little bit better now because we think we've discovered what was overheating in my office and I thought it was about to catch on fire. <laughs> so well, I think we've got good. that. <laughs> no, not good. It was distracting me somewhat. I'm so sorry for that, too. How may I help you, Amber? Um, so I've been married for eight years together for 14. We have a two-year-old and a nine-month-old. Um, he has left um, two weeks after my little one was born for his coworker, and they are now living with each other. Um, his coworker has reached out to me, sent me pictures um, of them with my kids, and just really mm-hmm. trying to make her presence known. Um, I wrote him a letter because I'm not good at communicating, and I just said, you know what, at this point, I'm not ready. Um, to communicate with her. And he basically in so many words told me that I need to accept her. She's not going anywhere. Um, Stop Hmm. being so bitter. Like you did this and this is what you have to deal with. Okay. Pardon me one second. I just don't know how to, how to kind of maneuver. Well, I'm so, so very sorry for your pain. And what I heard you say was he's blaming you. You did this. Is that what he says? And I did. Um, I'm, I can be very stubborn. Um, I don't forgive easily. I hold on to things. So um, I, there's a lot of stuff that I did that was not right in the marriage. And I've apologized for that um, through letters, through text message. But he said it's too late now. Okay, Amber, how old was your child, your youngest child, when he left? Um, my second was two weeks. And my oldest was two. Mm-hmm. Do you really think it's your fault that he's doing what he's doing? I didn't hope it. Because I put my kids before my husband. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't hear. What did you say? I said I didn't hope it because I put my kids as a priority before him. Okay. I'm, I'm quite sure that you were not perfect, Amber, because I have never met anybody yet who is. But do you really think it's your fault that he's doing what he's doing? I think I, I helped it. I didn't. I, looking back on all the things that I could have done better, I didn't. I didn't help the situation because I knew that there was something wrong. But I just kept pushing through and working and focusing on other things instead of focusing on fixing the okay. relationship. So let me see if I can help you reframe that a little bit, if I may. Again, Amber, I'm sure you weren't perfect. I, and I'm, I'm, you sound to me like the kind of person who is introspective and who's willing to take responsibility. And so we were sitting together over coffee somewhere, and, and we wanted to talk about what flaws might exist in Amber. It sounds to me like you'd be very open to talking about that. But it also right. sounds to me that you might exacerbate that. What I mean is that it appears to me that you've taken more responsibility than what is yours. Let me see if I can explain what I mean. Uh, No matter how imperfect you are, if you were doing something where he feared for his life and he took off and left you for that reason, we'd go, okay, that makes sense. But the fact that you weren't perfect or that you didn't pay enough attention to him, those kinds of things, 
would that justify him actually moving in with another woman and trying to create a relationship with her when you have a child who is two weeks old? No, no, it does not. Amber, I'm happy that you will take responsibility. But what I'm trying to encourage you is don't take responsibilities that are not yours. He has made some decisions here, and these decisions are decisions that have led him to do some things that are detrimental to you and detrimental to your children. And, uh, and I hope that you understand that that's not your fault. He made his decisions. You didn't hold a gun to him and, and make him make those decisions. He made those decisions. And, and so may I recommend something here, and that's this. It's okay as a matter of fact, it's even what we want people to do to say, I'm sorry. You're right. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I did it. But then we encourage people don't keep doing that because once you have made it plain, I, I get it. I understand the flaws that I've had. And I'm very sorry about that. If you keep saying, I'm sorry, then you actually start setting up a situation, setting up a situation in the other person's mind where they begin to see you as being no good. Yeah, sorry in, the, in the, the word sorry in the way we use it down here in the deep south, like that person's just sorry. It's, it's right. like you condition him to think even more negatively of you if you continue to apologize for the same things over and over again. Okay. I'm sorry? I didn't, I didn't hear what you <laughs> said. I didn't say anything. I'm listening to you. Look, I don't want to create more pain for you, Amber. You you sound like such a good person to me, and I certainly don't want to hurt you. I'm, I'm trying as best I can to give you another way to think about it to help you get past this pain. It's not your fault he's with that other woman. And the fact that she would send pictures to you of her with your children, that's not what a good loving, wonderful human being does. She has to know. She has to know that's damaging to you. She has to know that hurts. And she's doing it. And when you reached out to him and said, look, I can't handle that. Don't do it. And rather than trying to understand you as a mother, the things that you would feel to see those kind of pictures, instead he lashes out at you again, said, this is all your fault anyway. You're kind of reaping what you sow. This man is not being, I don't, he might have been a wonderful man and he might be a wonderful man again, but right now that's not wonderful behavior. These people right. are mistreating me terribly, Amber. Am I right or am I wrong? You're right. You're right. You're right. And so please believe in yourself. I'm not, I'm not wanting to cause you more pain. I don't want to hurt you. I want you to believe in you and that, that what they're doing is inhumane. It's mean. And, and that, that is something that nobody should do to another person. And for you to stand up to yourself, for yourself, my suggestion, Amber, is maybe, and of course you have to make your own decisions, but maybe, just maybe, you need to stand up a little stronger and, and, and make it where she can't send those things to you. So you block her on the all media that you can, even if you have to block him. If anything comes in the mail that, that turns out to be hers, you just burn it immediately and get rid of it. And don't let her do this to you. Because either him or her, neither one of them should have the ability to hurt you the way they're hurting you now. And like I said, you fell in love with this guy, so I'm thinking down inside, he's probably a good man. 
But what he's doing right now, good men don't know. So, Amber, you take care of you. You believe in you. You love those children. You take care of those children. And and don't 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 think yourself is so flawed that you can't be in a happy and good relationship. Don't think you ruined this one. Again, I know you're not perfect, but you sound to me like a really good person, a person who's taking on too much responsibility, more than she ought to. Amber, are you seeing any kind of a counselor or therapist to help you with this? Um, I was, and then um, got laid off. <laughs> Um, so my insurance. Went out. All right, here's what I'm going to do for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give you a gift, okay? I'm going to set up. Um, I'm going to have our our folks set up. I don't actually do it personally, but I'll make sure it happens. I want to give you uh, three coaching sessions with one of our coaches who uh, has two master's degrees and will understand this in all kinds of ways. And it's going to be. I'm going to pay for it. It's going to be my gift to you. Will you let me do that? Will you give me the gift of giving? Thank you. You're very welcome. Now, I'm, I'm going to need to jot down your number on the screen. Hang on one second so that we can call you back. And I'm sure already our folks are writing it down because they know how flaky I am. But I'll contact them, and I'm going to tell them who I want you to visit with. And I'm going to pay for these. Okay? I want to give you this gift because, Amber, I think you're a good person. And it's breaking my heart to hear the pain that you're in. And we're going to help you every way we can, okay? Thank you. Okay, Amber. Believe in yourself, my friend. Please. Okay. 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 So I just got a text from one of our team. The whole team knows it'll be taken care of. Jesse, I'm talking about David, okay? And that's a message to our folks. He's hearing it. He knows what I'm talking about. It... I've never met a person yet who is perfect. And so, yes, if a marriage goes to pieces, typically the both people have a part to play in that, yes. Please, unless you're just totally evil, and if you're totally evil, I don't know why you're listening to this program, but unless you're totally evil, please don't believe it if your spouse tries to tell you it's all your fault. It's not. And when they make decisions like leaving a, a wife and babies to go be with another woman and blaming that on you, that's just ungodly. Look, people need to take responsibilities for their behavior. I hope you heard that. They really, really do. But please don't take responsibility for what you didn't do, and please don't let somebody beat you up emotionally like that. It's just not right. Okay? All right. Now we're going to go down a little bit further. We're going to go over to, let's see, uh, I'm trying, I've got so many calls here, and I'm running out of time. So I'm trying to pick the ones that I think might have the most uh, help for the most number of people out there. Okay, uh, some of these questions I've already asked a little bit before, but let me try this one. This is David, and David, am I hearing correctly that you're in Czechoslo- Czechoslovakia? Is that correct? Yes. Uh, hello, Dr. Beam. I'm actually in Czech Republic. Oh, Czech Republic. But I'm originally from India. Oh, okay. How may I help you, my friend? Well, uh, just a little bit of a backstory. Um, my I've been together with my wife for the last uh, nine years, um, almost ten years. Out of which seven we were dating, and then three years uh, married. However, last um, 
September or rather uh, August, end of August, September, uh, the situation came up where basically she was having an affair with uh, a colleague from work and it's continued to today. Uh, lots of ups and downs. I made all the mistakes possible in the beginning uh, with uh, pushing her away. And I was pretty emotional about it. Took a lot of time to to act um, as well for myself and just believe in myself. And until today, it's actually a struggle. Um, I've been practicing the price for the last couple of months as well more, uh, which has helped me actually not fall into a depression, I would say. And uh, and smart contact as well, but we haven't really been much in contact since February. And uh, last week, basically, she uh, came here and asked me uh, to speak, basically, to speak with me and uh, ask for a divorce. And in the thing is, in the Czech Republic, it's pretty. Firstly, it has the highest divorce rate in, in the whole of Europe. And it's very easy to get it, and so there's no chance of it um, prolonging or, you know, delaying the mm-hmm. process in a way, it's either a yes or a no kind of view. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's a bit scary for me, obviously, because I think if it was a little more complicated, it would be easier for me to handle, and I would have more time to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I think she's a good person. I know she's a good person. Uh, I think that maybe in this time her faith has uh, definitely also wavered. Mine has Mm -hmm. become stronger, to be honest, uh, which leaves me with this dilemma of how much time to give or I wasn't pushed into making a decision last week, although Mm -hmm. that was the attitude towards which she came at. Uh, But I just spoke my motivation and asked her to wait. Mm -hmm. So I don't know whether... Saying yes, and this leads me to my question, saying yes is uh, a good thing in a way where I feel my side is not considered or I'm not heard because from her side, as far as I see, the motivation is that there were, um, I was controlling in the relation, in the marriage specifically when so, I moved here so to the Czech Republic. Let me ask a, a question if I may, David. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm listening, I'm listening to your story. How, how can I help you? What can I do for you? Basically, I don't know whether I would feel, uh, or rather whether it is trampled upon, or rather whether I'm just making a decision because I see that maybe saying yes is a good way to continue an emotional relationship with her in a way that we are in contact. I spoke to her about them. That's my motivation to to build on our relationship because I want to fight for our marriage. So I don't know whether... So if, if, am I hearing you correctly that what you're saying is that you are kind of con- you're concerned about how you're going to feel about whatever you do? Is that what you're saying? If I do this, how am I going to feel about that decision? If I do that, uh, how am rather, I going to feel I, about I that decision? I don't feel understood. I don't hmm? feel understood by her at all. There's not been an opportunity to, to have that a clear conversation between us. It's kind of one-sided. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Because I don't feel understood, I think I'm in a phase of acceptance where I don't know how to accept it because I'm not understood by the other, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I guess I'm still lost about how I can help you, my friend. What can I do for you? Well, I guess the the underlying the underlying question is just whether or not um, it's saying yes in a way that is just because she still has a relationship with this with this other guy and um, I'm just concerned myself 
whether there will be any conversation after that, whether there will be. So I don't know whether I feel, I don't know whether I'm saying yes, you're just giving in, let's say, giving mm-hmm. up or giving in. And David, you, not. you need to help me here, my friend. I, I guess I'm just being a little dense here. I, and I don't mean to be, and I'm, I'm listening to you. I hear you. you know, you've got this thing in front of you. You're trying to make a decision one way or the other. But, but how can I help you? What can I do for you? I, I don't know how else to explain it because uh, I, I guess how do you get Can you over? make it a very simple, uh, just a very simple question, like just a very short, simple question so I can make sure I'm understanding what you're, you know, I heard your situation. I heard the thing that you're trying to balance out. But specifically, if you're asking me to tell you what? In this moment, how do you, uh, uh, I guess, how does acceptance play a role? in my decision, because that's the thing I'm struggling with the most right now. So how do you accept whatever I decide, I guess? Okay, that's good. And and sorry, I'm sorry I'm so dense. <laughs> it's just some days my brain doesn't grasp things, David. So thank you for being patient with me. My friend, I don't know that you can know that in advance. Other than to do this, people, there's a thing in psychology called self-determination. And self-determination says we tend to deal better with things when we feel like it was our choice. If we feel like we're forced to do something or have been manipulated to do something, all those kinds of things, we tend to feel negatively about it afterwards. But if we feel like it really was our choice, I'm the one that gets to make this choice, then that's called self-determination. And then we tend to feel better about it, no matter how it turns out, because it's at least it's what I did. Now, if I heard you correctly, and I may not have, but if I heard you correctly, it's kind of difficult to stop in the Czech, uh, Czech Republic what she's going to do. Yeah. And you feel like she's not listening to you, that you're trying to understand her, but she's not trying to understand you. And in that sense, what I'm hearing you say is that you feel that you don't have self-determination. You don't feel that you really have the ability to do much here. You can slow it down and tick her off, make her angry, or you can go ahead and let it go forward and hopefully she'll talk to you. And so the way to learn how to accept that, my friend, is you choose the one that you think makes most sense for you at this point. If you think dragging it out gives a better opportunity for you to be heard and understood and potentially put this marriage together, then whatever means you can, drag it out. On the other hand, if you feel, I can't really drag it out anyway, and at least now we're having some communication with each other, and so I'm going to make my decision that way. I'm going to decide I'm going to go ahead and agree to it because I think it has the best possibility of being able to maybe somehow, some way putting this thing back together. And so it becomes a matter of you deciding that you are making decision that you think is best for you and for this marriage. And that's how later you're going to look back at it and not feel that you were forced, not feel that you were walked on, not feel mm-hmm. that you were abused because it's your choice. Is that making any sense to you whatsoever, my friend? It does. It does. And it was leading, I think, in my, because we are both from a Catholic background, uh, I was looking at like an annulment to, I think, ease this decision. So it's along the same lines. Rather, if I just look at it on a thought process level, I guess mm-hmm. what you're saying makes more sense on a, uh, to accept well, may, may you have great wisdom. May God grace you great wisdom. And, and uh, I surely hope things work out for you, my friend. I really do. Uh, and it must be tough living in a country where that you can't do much about it. But you know what? Right now, that's pretty much every company, every country, that you can't do much about it. You can't control what the other person does. Okay? 
You can't. And so let's move on here a little bit. Okay, we're going to go over to the state of Georgia here in the United States of America. We're going to talk to Terry. Hi, Terry. How are you today? Good, sir. How are you? Well, I'm better now that I realize my office is not on fire. That that really helped a lot. What, how can I do for you today, my friend? Good. Um, just a little bit of background. Um, my wife and I have been together for about like uh, eight years. Uh, well, married eight years, been together for nine years. I'm in the Army, and she originally just got accepted to a police academy. So right now, like, time with us is, you know, very limited. A little bit is, like, um, we separated back in September, and we got back together, like, around February time frame. And when we got back, you know, she, she pretty much did say, like, she was talking to somebody. And then so I just asked, like, hey, you know, did you end it, you know? And she said, yeah. You know, it was a message here and there, you know, like, when before we got back. Um, so recently, um, roughly about two weeks ago, I kind of had a feeling like she was still talking to this person, you know? Um, so like, I kind of had a hunch or whatever. One day I looked over her shoulder and kind of just kind of give her a hug and she was on social media and I asked her about it and I, and pretty much, um, since then, you know, like she just said, she lost respect for me a while ago. Uh, she pretty much like have an emotional disconnect with me somewhere along the line because mm-hmm. I was wondering like why she was talking to this guy, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, and she said nothing has really changed with you, whatever. Because you know she said that I always get uh, angry, upset, or questioning things like that, doing the push um, stuff that I shouldn't be doing. But I kind of wanted to know like where my place was in this marriage. Um, and we had two kids together, by the way, and I kind of noticed, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's affected my oldest daughter. How old and is your daughter? So, like, she's, uh, she's nine. I have a nine-year-old and, and, uh, and a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of see the effect on my oldest daughter with, with this, and it, it, it breaks my heart. Like, it, you know, it, I'm, I'm sure hurt that she was, still, she was still doing what she was doing when she told me she wasn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And I like I I want to be happy with her, but it just seems mm-hmm. like you know like I can't be happy when I know something's going on. And she wouldn't give me the right. assurance, you know, like even though like we're not together as much throughout the week, and like you know I just wanted the assurance. So my question is, is like, so Saturday, Saturday I pretty much sat her down and I said, you have to tell me what you want. Or, or else, like, you know, or just let me go. So we both can move on with our life. And she didn't really say anything. She just said, like, if nothing changed, I'm going to leave. So with if that being said, like, is it too late? No, is it, it's never is it too, too late. late for me to No, to it's never up? too late, man. We just, for example, Terry, in this past workshop, the one we just did this weekend, we had a couple that came to the workshop that's been divorced for a while. And and that's not unusual for us. We have worked with many people who've gone that far. Now, I'm not saying that you're that far. My enemies don't think I am. But we've uh, the, the longest apart any couple ever got and still came to our workshop and worked things out with a couple that had been divorced for 10 years, believe it or not. And so I'm, I'm just telling you those stories. I'm not saying that we should expect you to divorce. That's not my point. My point is um, it's never too late. And so when a person says something to you, like I've lost respect for you, or we don't have an emotional connection anymore, you always have to look at that in the context. What I mean by that is this, 
If indeed a person, for example, has become involved emotionally with somebody else, and if that person then looks at you and says, I've lost respect for you, I don't feel an emotional connection with you, then it may not be referring to really anything big about you. It could be all about the fact of how that person's viewing you now because of the new relationship that that person is in. And so what we always say is this, we don't think that you've been perfect because we've never been anybody like that. And you should take responsibility for whatever you did or didn't do. I mean, that's, that's responsible, but don't necessarily believe every word of a person who's pulling away from you because they may be telling you what they honestly genuinely feel. So listen to it, really do listen to it. But then again, they may be exaggerating some things. Or in their own mind, it may be justifying some things or rationalizing some things. So listen, and anything you hear while you listen that you think, okay, that's right. I, I did treat her disrespectfully there. Or, or yeah, you know, I haven't always lived as a person that should be respected. If you hear that and you know that'd be true, then, then that's the analysis you make of yourself and you fix that. I will live as a person who would be respected. I will do the things that earn and deserve respect. I will treat her with respect no matter how she treats or speaks to me. And if she says there's no emotional connection, okay, then what I'm going to do is to listen to her emotions. And whenever she tells me what they are, I'm not going to argue with her. I'm not going to tell her that she's wrong to feel what she feels or that she doesn't feel what she feels. I'm going to do my best to understand what she feels, even if I don't like it. Because that's what creates emotional connection is when another person feels that you see them as they really are, what they really feel, what they really think, what they really believe, what they really do. And you can respect them. You can love them and you can like them anyway. And that's what creates the emotional connection. So whatever degree of emotional connection she feels or doesn't feel right now. I would recommend, my friend, don't panic. Whatever she says about whether she respects you or not right now, I suggest don't panic. What do you do? Well, you do the only thing you can do, and that is you work on you. And that's when we talk about things like working on yourself physically and intellectually and emotionally and spiritually and all those kinds of things. That's why we talk about those things, that you become the best you that you can be. And then if she still leaves, you can, at least in your heart, know I did the things that I needed to do. And that's when we say our system works. If anything works, our system does. And so that's what you do, my friend. You can't make her feel anything, but you can make you be the best person you can be. So live as a person who earns respect. Give respect to her. Listen to her emotions. Try to accept and understand her even when you don't like what you hear. That's what creates those connections. And I'm so sorry about your nine-year-old daughter being affected by this. Uh, it always just breaks my heart and tears me up to hear about the effect on the children. But Terry, you can do this, man. You can do this. And then we're going to go to Chris in California. Hi, Chris. I mean, we help you. How you doing, Dr. Bates? Um, Hi, I'm rocking and uh, Are you on a speakerphone right. or something there, Chris? I'm having real trouble hearing you, my friend. I'm actually, yeah, uh, sorry about that. Uh, okay. So, um... Found out my wife has been having an affair for probably like I don't know. Well, I would say six months. I, I mean, I found mm -hmm. out actually last last month or two months ago. Um, so um, 
she's been threatening me with divorce for seven months now, um, telling me she's going to follow the next day, follow the next day, follow the next day, and nothing going on for seven months now. She's with this guy that's married. Um, uh, I don't even know how to say this. She goes out with this guy um, on the weekends. Um, that's hard, kind of hard to sit and watch. Um, mm-hmm. I try to leave the room when she's getting ready because I know she'll, she'll let me know when she goes to see this man. Let me make sure I'm hearing this, Chris. So you guys are still living together, but she's going out with this guy on the weekend. Yes, yeah, so we're still living together. We have a two-year-old daughter, um, hmm. and uh, on the weekdays, I'm at work. Um, uh, she works from home, and um, she's with my daughter in the, in the week when I'm at work, while I'm at work. And I guess um, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy goes over to my house while I'm gone. Hmm. And then on the weekends, obviously, I'm at home on the weekends, and she leaves the, our daughter uh, with us, or with me, uh, I apologize, with me, and then she'll, she'll let me know ahead of time, too. Sometimes she lets me know that day I'm going to go out uh, with him, and I won't be back either. I'll be back later, or sometimes she won't even come back home at all. Uh, she'll just stay over the night with this guy. So, Mind Chris, this guy can I ask you why you are yes. still allowing that to happen? Without doing something, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I really do not know what to do. I I don't know how. I, you know, I can't. I've been working on my pies. I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to stop this. I just kind of basically just. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Though. Yeah. That's, that's well, obviously you. Yeah, obviously you can't stop it. I mean, she's an adult, and and, no. and if she wants to do that, she can do that. But when I say why you continue to allow that to happen, I mean, in the same circumstance that you're talking about. So, for example, if you were to say to her, no, no, if you're going to be going out with him, then we can't live in the same house together. That's not going to work. I'm not going to be your babysitter to allow you to go be with another man. I love my child. I'm happy to be with my child. And I'll take my turns with my child because I want to be her dad and be there for her forever. But we're going to do that in such a way as to where you're not using me as your babysitter to go do whatever the heck you want to do. If you want to live like that, then we're going to live apart. And then whatever you do when the child is with me, I won't know about, and therefore it won't bother me. Or at least I won't be feeling about it like I feel now. And so, no, we're not going to live together and you treat me like a babysitter. Not going to do that. Or if you don't want to do that, Chris, if you want to continue to let this happen as it is, my question is, why? Is it, is it in any shape, fashion, or form moving in a direction where she might be moving back toward you emotionally or any other way? Um, let's see if I can answer that. Um, I'm, she's been wanting me out of the house for a while now. She's been, wanting, she's been telling me to leave the house. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not leaving my daughter. I'm not leaving my daughter. Mm-hmm. I'm standing up for the marriage. I've been fighting for the marriage for months now. I've been, I tell her too, like, Hey, I'm going to continue to stand um, for this. I believe in this. I believe in us. Um, 
but that doesn't stop her. I mean, when when that comes up, oh my gosh, she lets me have it. She ridicules me. I mean, she just gives it to me hard. Very nasty. Very nasty how she gets mm-hmm. when she's about to leave with this guy. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly. Again, I don't know what to do. I mean, just just tell her like. I mean, I don't want to move out. I'm, I want. To no, I don't blame you. I'm not, not even recommending that you do. I mean, if you decided you were going to split up, why would you have to be the one to move out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I did tell her one time, you know, I said, hey, here's the door. Don't come back. And then she's like, no, I have my daughter here. I have my daughter here. And, um, yeah, that means the same thing, too. She's like, I have my daughter I'm, here. I'm, but then she's like, I'm very happy and very proud of you that you love your daughter. Good for you, man. That's a, that's a really major thing and good for you. And if you feel well, that, that somehow this is benefiting your daughter to put up with what she's doing, then by all means do that. But you told me the daughter's two years old. And so if there were to be a thing where you say, no, I, I can't live like this, you can't be getting ready and telling me you're going to be out with that guy and you may not be back tonight. I'm, I, I'm not going to live like that together. And if she says, okay, then you get out. Then of course the response can be just what you said. No, I don't have to get out. You know, if somebody's going to leave, maybe it's going to be you. But Chris, unless she's making some kind of a move back toward you that makes it worthwhile to put up with this pain, my question is, why don't you do something? Again, and I've recommended this a couple of times to this program. And again, it's your decision. It's not mine. It's your life. It's not mine. But if you go to marriagehelper.com, you can find there a thing. You just type in there boundaries on that little search engine, and you can find the definitive guide to boundaries. And and on it, it will give you some ways, and it won't give you all the answers. That's not there. But it'll give you several suggestions as to what to think about to set up some boundaries here. Now, we call them, we used to call them boundaries. We now call them stops, safeguards that offer protection. And unless you do something then why would anything change from what it's being now? And if you're saying that's okay with me, because at least I get to be with my daughter, then fine. That's, that's the trade-off that you make. And if that's the way you see it, then good for you. But if you're thinking, no, I can't live like this. This is going to emotionally or mentally destroy me. Then you're going to have to make some other kind of decision. I can't make it for you, obviously, nor would I. But I strongly do recommend really strongly recommend that you go find it, go to marriagehelper.com and type in boundaries. You'll find that audio. And then when you find that audio, you can listen to it. It's about an hour and 15 minutes long. So take your time if you wish, but go through there and you can find some answers about what you need to do if you choose to do anything. But of course it's you, it's what you choose to do. And so now we're going to go to Ohio. We've only got about nine minutes left in this 90-minute program. And so we're going to go to Ohio, and we're going to talk to Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer, are you there? I'm here. How may I help you today? Hi. um, My husband, um, we've been married almost 28 years. And about a a little over a year ago now, um, he fell into limerence. So, you know, I won't go into the details, but... um, Ella was my very best friend, and they mm-hmm. lied and did all that stuff. So my four daughters were also very close with the LO. Um, they're 17, 21, 24, 26. The 17-year-old grew up with her oldest daughter um, since they age mm-hmm. five. So 
second, she was a second mom to them, and she also befriended to the point of really kind of getting in my relationship with my 24-year-old for a while, um, my older daughters as well, and would drink with them and blah, 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 you know. So my daughters will not speak to their dad, and he was a very selfless, kind, honorable, you know. I mean, you've, you've heard the story. It's like the, the great, the, the, the good fall the hardest. And um, so he's in full-blown limerence as is she they do crazy stuff and um you know vacations and and whatnot but um my girls will not you know they're doing their own healing and they're actually my daughter who's a junior at northwestern university is taking a marriage 101 course and learning about limerence and gottman the four horsemen so you know they're they're kind of on i told them about limerence but they have to fall you know they're they're strong-minded adults and they are like mom you know we need to figure this out for ourselves so i i'm not really in a position they won't anyway do the intervention uh they sometimes they'll you know debate with them which really is not a good idea but you know i just have to let them do their own thing um as much as i can i try to guide them but um i have really turned back to the church and i feel like this was a big part for me this was a big purpose for me of this to all happen. And I'm slowly kind of drawing my girls back. Um, they grew up with Catholic schools, but have kind of fallen away. And not to make this about too much about religion, but um, his mom, my mother-in-law, and I pray the rosary together all the time. And um, we, I, so I'm at the point where my husband has pretty much cut off contact with me altogether. Um, you know, the, the LO is probably pushing that but I also feel like he's deflecting so hard that anytime I would say anything kind to him he couldn't sort of take it and he he says that you know until you can detach and I tell him things like I I detach to attach to God and myself and the girls and but the pain of his daughters ghosting him because they they basically ghost him they really won't interact with him he hasn't heard Mm -hmm. three out of four of their voices for for a year so So come on, um, how, how I help you. What can I do for you, my friend? Right. Well, that's, that's where I'm at. Um, so, so if they do have a little bit of interaction with him, um, it's like, what if they say, like, you know, we're, we're praying for you, Dad. Like, what would be is, – is I know for me it's a little bit of a push, although we're, it's sort of like what do we all have to lose at this point? I mean, they, they've made it clear that LO is not going to be part of their lives at all. So, I mean, if they said they were praying for him or what, what would be, other than the intervention videos, because they're not there yet to do that, what could be there consistent if they do have any interaction with him at all? Okay. Let's give that last question one more time, the very last question. I want to make sure I heard that. So what would it, how would it, how do you, what is your, I know you can't read his mind, but what is your person on if they just started consistently saying, you know, Dad, we're just praying for you. We're praying for you. And is this something that they've suggested, or is this something you want to suggest to them? Kind of both, a little bit more so me probably, but, I mean, we're just kind of at a loss. I mean, he just, he's, mm-hmm. you know, we're all just kind of, I mean, he's trying to push the divorce through, which, I mean, I've been listening to all your calls, and I'm, I'm at a bit of a crossroads with that. Like, he's just desperate to get it. He, he just got a new lawyer for God knows what reason, but... Um, and he's really trying to push that through. So I'm, I haven't had to stall yet, but I'm in a position where I might need to. 
So, mm-hmm. And so you what you're trying to figure out to... is if your daughters do this or if your daughters do that, how it might affect them. Is that what I'm hearing you say? A little bit. Like how does, you know, saying they're praying for them or they're like, what, what, is there anything other than the intervention video that they could kind of do to impact anything? Not that I know of. The, you know, whatever they do should be what they decide to do without recommendation coming from you. Because if at some point they were to say, for example, to him, dad, we're praying for you. And if he were to look at him and say, is that because your mom told you to tell me that? And if, they, mm-hmm. if they're going to be honest, and if that's what the reason they were doing, if they say yes, then it's probably just going to alienate him in, even more. So it really needs yeah. to be their decision so that, that they can tell him, no, this is me. Obviously, and you know that, you've already said it, because of the fact that I don't know him, I have no idea how anything's going to affect him. And, and I don't know if it should be this, that, or the other. The the fact that he would try to push this through, I'm assuming that means that the other woman is single and wanting to marry him. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So she's pushing for that. What's the age difference in him and her? Um, he's 54 and she's 46, I believe. Okay. So not that far apart. Yeah. And, and so she's got her, uh, well, she has her agenda obviously. And she's trying to get in. You know, Jennifer, I wish I knew the perfect answer to this. I really do. I wish I could tell you that if your daughters do this, or if you say that, that this is probably going to revoke that in. But that's the kind of thing that I see on the internet, other people offering all the time. Here are the magic words. Here's the magic action. Do this, do that, do the other. And, and, and I know, I know you know this, you're a very reasonable and practical woman, but there is no such thing as a magic word or a magic phrase or a magic action. Intervention, for example, and you mentioned that on our website, we have a, a, a great detail explaining how to do an intervention, like if your daughters were wanting to do that. You told me that they don't want to do that, and I get that. But even the intervention is not magic. It, it's a process. It's something that you do. It can, it takes a lot of work. It can be hard. And even then it may not have the results that you want. And so it's going to have to be your daughters interacting with him. By the way, I'm fascinated that in the marriage one-on-one, your daughter's actually learning about limerence because nearly every master's level counselor that I teach and I go speak to different master's groups around and they've, you know, of course gone to different grad schools and et cetera. And none of them have heard of limerence. <laughs> so the fact that somebody's finally teaching that on a psych one-on-one level or a marriage one-on-one level, I'm just fascinated to hear that. And I think that's a good thing. I think people should try to understand it. I hope that whatever they're telling her is, is actually, uh, actually, accurate. So Jennifer, I just keep praying for you. We've talked about it before. I remember you as you were talking that we've had this conversation and I suggested that your daughters do an intervention and you told me then that they were not likely to do so. So I don't know what else magic. I know that it hurts you. I know you love this man. I know you want to put the marriage back together. I wish I did have a magic wand because I promise you if I did, I would use it. So you guys, please come visit us at marriagehelper.com. If you want to know about our workshops, marriagehelper.com slash workshops. And all the way at the bottom of that page, you can see about the solo spouse workshop or check us out on YouTube, youtube.com marriage helper, tons of videos for you there. And until next Monday, when hopefully I won't be worried that my office is on fire, <laughs> this is Dr. Joe Bean. <laughs>